You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. to the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast with your host, Nick Bat. The Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today and my tiny little nipples went to France. And Bruce Nolan. Yo, brethren, what up with thee? Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. Along with me, as always, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. That's right. And we would like to say hello to all you fine listeners on this fourth date on the Buffalo Rumblings channel. With Nick and Nolan. Hey, girl. We swooned a couple last time. We got six extra reviews. That's right. Six the- of you gave it up on the third date. You did give it as up. As is tradition. As is, yes, there's a, there's a social norm. And I, I don't expect a whole lot on the fourth date. It's kind of the arbitrary. I think it goes right from three to three to five. Oh, yeah. I mean, who gets to who gets to date four? I was like, okay, now, now it is. Yeah. No, I think it's like you have your reservations. You just really want to make sure that there's no red flags, nothing that comes out of the woodwork that makes you uncomfortable, and that you can commit to this. And that's fine. I respect it. I think you're all prudes, but I respect you. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm in any room to talk. I think my wife and I got like married on the fourth date. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So moving, moving quick, yeah. But we're very glad to be here, as always, and we, we love interacting and hearing what you guys think of the pod. Uh, so if you are not already following us on Twitter, check us out there. If you're, if you're looking, you know what, if you are waiting till the fifth date and you haven't checked us out on Twitter, you should do that because I think it will give you some of the security that you're looking for. It will, it will let you know that the predictability, you know, what you see really is what you get. And, and hopefully it'll, you know, it'll let you cross that finish line and give us that coveted five-star review with a couple sentences of what you think about what we got going on. Also, apparently people were very pleased that we got into the uh, ranch ranch take. On I did wings. not think that was, I thought they were going to come at me a little harder, but they were actually very gracious. Yeah, very overall. gracious. I think the, the banter is fun. That's what, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's, it's about... You know, everybody loves to, to bust somebody's balls a little bit, and, and you gave people plenty of ammunition. I am happy to have my balls busted. <laughs> yeah. You were loading the bullets in the gun yourself. Absolutely, with a smile on my face. <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. That's funny. Okay. Well, today, again, we are in the dog days of summer where no news is good news, to be fair. But we are going to spend some time talking about the quarterback situation, specifically for the Bills and around the league. A couple of weeks back, it was very popular for Tier Maker to allow you to create the quarterback, the NFL quarterback tiers, where you create your own categories 
for their hierarchy and then you rate them and put them in there and then, you know, just leave it out there for the world to see. And Bruce, you you did this, did you not? I did. Are you, okay. I did do this. Okay, you did it. So there is there is a tweet to be dug up that you can retweet or, or pin back so people can find it. It was before we hit Buffalo Rumblings, so it didn't quite get the exposure that it otherwise would have. I see. Either that or just no one had anything to say about it. Yeah, that's, that, that's possible too. I mean, the part of it is that it's so arbitrary because everyone's categories are different. But... You know, and and it's difficult to share that on Twitter, on the Twitter machine with such brief, you know, brief character limits that nobody wants to read a thread that long or that often. Anyways, we are going to go through our tiers, how we think about the the current starting quarterbacks in the league, where Josh Allen fits, what we think Josh Allen could ascend to, and what stands in his way. Maybe what his what his floor is as well. So, Bruce, whenever you went through and did this, because you've done a lot more homework on this than I have, how many categories do you have? I have five categories. I have six categories. I think although my is one of your six is one of your five unknown. Uh, five is undecided. Okay, so you do have like unknown is in there already. Yes. So I have six. And my sixth one is called Lottery Ticket, which oh. is unknown, okay. undecided. So, okay, well, why don't we go ahead and do a rundown on your categories and then my categories? Sure. So, methodology is really important. This is one of the reasons why this is a better medium for talking about quarterback rankings than Twitter. It may not be as hot takey as doing it on Twitter, but this is a better medium for communicating that because you can discuss the why. And as always, why and how are far more important interrogatives than what. And that's true in most of life. So, I start from this premise. Wins are not a quarterback stat. And it's important we have that discussion before we go further. I am of the opinion that wins are not a quarterback stat. I will tell you why. There are plenty of sports where wins are attributed to a person. Pitchers, goalies, quarterbacks. But I can make an argument that they're never supposed to be, and they shouldn't be moving forward. Quarterbacks, at best, have a 60% maybe influence over the game. So, you know, you have half of... Offense, defense. So offense, defense, so you cut it in half, you 50%. Well, now you don't have special teams. So you cut it down and you go eh, 40%. Then you have run plays, right? Well, you know, sometimes he checks in and out of run plays. So we're not going to take, take half of that 40% away. We'll take some of it. So now it's got 30%, 35% of an impact on a game, right? Now, <clears throat> there are other things like pacing, hurry up, audibles, Right? Even if I'm being extremely generous, right, it can't possibly be higher than a 60%. And I'm of the opinion it's probably closer to 40% of impact on the game. Wins are not a quarterback stat. Now, wins are an organizational stat that is heavily influenced by quarterback play. It is not a quarterback stat that is heavily influenced by organizational decision making, which is how people sometimes frame it. You know, they got to get better. The organization has to do better things around him or something like that. So I start from that premise. 
So if that is a, my premise, and what I have set up is that quarterbacks are the single most influential factor in organizational win-loss record, which is what I just said that they are, then the, really the tiering should be how much help do you have to give them? And that was my methodology. How much help do you have to give them? Because I just said they can't do it without help, right? But how much help do you have to give them? And that is my sliding scale. So my sliding scale is broken down like this. Top tier is organization can win a Super Bowl primarily due to. If you have these players, you can be Super Bowl contenders if you give them just a moderate a reasonable amount of help. The next tier is need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. So you have to give these people a little bit more help than the top tier if you want to win the Super Bowl, right? But you can you can get it done. You can do it! And you can get, these people can carry you to the playoffs. They can. They can carry you to the playoffs, but they can't necessarily carry you through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can't win a Super Bowl, right, with these guys being the primary reason why you have to help them out. The next tier is need notable support to make playoffs. These are people where this is where you start to get into that are they the guy discussion. Because if you need a ton of support, you're not the guy. Right? But if you need some support, you could still be the guy. There are plenty of quarterbacks out there who are very good, and you consider franchise quarterbacks, right? I hate that term, franchise quarterback. Oh, it's, it's one of my tiers. How one do of my de- tiers is called franchise. Well, how do you define franchise quarterback? We, we, so, will, we will get to it. So Stay tuned. This is a sliding scale for me. So this is need notable support to make playoffs. This is where you start to get into questions as to whether or not that guy's the guy. Below that, it is need significant support to make playoffs. These are people who are clearly not the guy. You have to help them a lot. You have to have an elite remainder of team to get them where they want to go, which means it's not worth it. You can upgrade. Then the last tier is undetermined. These are people who have not yet shown enough data or statistically significant data to be placed in one of the tiers above. So it's really important we get the methodology right, which is if I start with the premise that wins are not a quarterback stat, and I go, okay, what is a quarterback's role within the organization? And then the tier is a sliding scale based on how well they fulfill that role. And their role is to heavily influence organizational win-loss record. Therefore, the tiers become how significantly do they heavily influence organizational win-loss record? And that's how I came up with the tiering. Okay. I think that I, I've got, so you have five, win Super Bowl primarily, needs help for Super Bowl, but can make the playoffs primarily. That's one category. Need help to make the playoffs, needs all the help in A the lot world. of help. I needs, put significant was the word yeah, I used. significant help. And then the last one is undetermined. So mine, and I, I actually think that, I mean, you perhaps... You provided definitions that are so attractive, I'm going to say, of course, that's what I was thinking. But, <laughs> but, but these are the categories that I had created. Number one for me was top, was elite. And my my descriptions were, you would say that they have arrived, quote unquote, and you'd rather have them over your guy 
in every circumstance unless you have another guy who's already in this category or age is a really, really big concern. Okay. So Tom Brady, for example, would you rather have Tom Brady right now over... hmm, Would you rather have Tom Brady over Mitch Trubisky right now? Yes. You would. I think that some people might say, I just don't know how long I'm going to... I could only have Tom Brady for one year versus Mitch Trubisky for the rest of his career. Now, we've already... The rest of his career might only be one year. (laughs) Well, sure, sure. So... I think that age is a is a significant concern where I wouldn't blame people who didn't just take whoever's in the elite category over their guy. Okay, so that's my top. My second category is franchise guy. Okay? And here's how I define franchise guy. And I've said this before. We've had this conversation. It's it's an it's an inadequate it's an inadequate category because in the category definition alone for franchise quarterback for me, it's a little bit in the eye of the beholder. The, the fan base and the team, some people I think will consider guys franchise quarterbacks when they're not. But how I think about it is they can, one, rise to the occasion. They will take you to the playoffs. And until their play deteriorates, the team is not, gonna, is not going to look to remove them. So these are people who, the elite category has all the, category, has all the traits beneath it. Plus, plus the ones you mentioned. Wouldn't you say is that is that not true of yours? Oh, mine, my, mine's mine's all separate. It's right? totally because, different. Yeah, because you can't win the pri- Super Bowl primarily due to, and also need notable support to win the Super Bowl. So mine are distinct mm. from each other. Yeah, yours I are do. inclusive of each other. They do, they do. Yeah, you kind of like mine are more like steps, mm-hmm. and yours are totally totally separate tiers. Yeah, totally separate tiers. Okay. okay. Below the franchise guys for me is a starter. And this is a guy who, when you have them and you have success, it's because you've built the offense around them. Guys that come to mind for me like this would be Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick. A flaw with this category alone, though, is that you could say that Tim Tebow would fall in this category. Yeah. Because an offense that was exclusively designed around him experienced success. Now, the category underneath starter is bad. Just called bad. Okay. B-A-D. I feel you. Not good. Just, just bad, right? Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Great. That's exactly right. So, I want to put Team Tebow, if you ask me, what category would he fall into? I would say, oh, he falls into bad. But by my own definition on starter... Yeah. He sort of ascends there. And so it's it's the acknowledgement. So in mine, he would fall under the need significant support to make playoffs. Yeah, right. And, and so, you know, again, I didn't put as much thought into this as you did. But by mine is, I admit, mine is not certainly not infallible by any means. So that's, I think that's the kind of thing that you wind up getting into whenever you create these. If you haven't really thought out all of the mental consequences of your perspective and your thought, you wind up putting yourself in a corner where somebody all of a sudden has a little bit of a gotcha moment. Gotcha, bitch! You know what I mean? And Nobody's going to get me. Nobody's going <laughs> to... We, we, we'll see. I Probably not. I spent an inordinate amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. And that's no, fair. No, everyone's going to get me. But uh, it's a fun exercise. Yeah. And then the last one for me is lottery ticket, which is we can't really put them in bad or starter yet because they haven't proven that we just don't know how good they are. So, 
we've fleshed out ours. I will occasionally refer to my categories, but we are going to spend some significant time going through yours because you actually put how many quarterbacks did you put into your categories? Did you do more than 32? No, I put all 32 starting quarterbacks as listed at Tiermaker. So we have Case Keenum instead of Dwayne Haskins. Okay. Right. But we also have Kyler Murray. Okay. Who did you have for Miami? Rosen. Okay. So, okay. I would be interested to know where you would put Fitzpatrick. If you have other quarterbacks who aren't here, just, I, just I give them to you. Just okay. give them to me because I, I, chances are I probably did the mental exercise. I'm going to toss, I'm going to toss a bunch of former Bills quarterbacks at you. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, uh, this is all right. Exciting. Here we go. You ready? Okay. 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 So we want to start at the top or the bottom? Start at the top. Okay. You could win a Super Bowl primarily due to this player being on your team. Tom Brady. Oh, it should be noted before I start this. There is no ranking within the tier. Okay. There's no particular order. That's correct. None of these are in particular order. It's just based on tier. Okay. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. So, Mm. a lot of people would question Patrick Mahomes' presence on this list. Those people may or may not have watched the Chiefs' defense last year. <laughs> yeah, they were not good. It was it was it was terrible. It was I mean it was it was it was awful. It was terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Crazy knuckleheaded, terrible. Patrick Mahomes had to carry the offense. He had to carry the team, and the fact that he was willing to do that and able to do it in his second year means they were a play away from the Super Bowl. Are you trying to tell me? That you go Rams, Chiefs, Super Bowl, and you don't think the Chiefs have a shot there? Uh, pretty sure they do. How I always kind of wondered, how low could you pull some of these players down? So, give me a really bad offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> you want to know how bad you could pull him down? Watch Aaron Rodgers. Okay, okay. So, give me somebody else, though. Uh, okay, so here's a question. Um, a lot of people think it's happening right now in Seattle with Brian Schottenheimer who's pulling Russell Wilson down because he won't let him throw the ball. Okay, so Nate Hackett. Although some people, I think, actually had varying varying opinions of Nate Hackett in his time with E.J. Manuel. If you gave any of these quarterbacks Nate Hackett as their offensive coordinator, are they going to significantly decline from what we've seen? Or are they good enough that regardless of the system you ask them to execute – they are going to rise to the occasion and prov- provide significant offense. Offense that could take you to the Super Bowl. These quarterbacks are system-proof. And what I mean by that is you can take you can take the knees out from under them, but you can't stop them from being great. If you could, Aaron Rodgers would have been stopped a long time ago. Okay. Okay, fair. Russell Wilson could have been stopped now. Brian Schottenheimer's like, hey, you know, I know I have this $30 million quarterback, but I want to run the ball 40 times a game. Yeah. So he's doing his best to handcuff one of the people who's on my top list. Marty Ball. This is so interesting. Okay. Okay. I really, I, you know, I, this is interesting. This is, this is to the point where I'm feeling challenged to like poke holes at you as we go through this. Bring because, it on. Because I, I, un- I understand you want that. I want to, ri- I feel like I have to rise the occasion to like have the ammo to go through this with you. Okay. So those, there's only five guys. You're correct. Five guys, just like the burgers. <laughs> we like the burgers. I love guys. the burgers. Five guys are in and out. Five guys. Five guys or what a burger? Five guys. Is there anybody who's better than five guys? Shake Shack. Shake Shack. I've never had Shake Shack. I can't. There's one in uh, East Cleveland now. 
Is there? Yeah, we'll go sometime. It's in Orange. I didn't know there was one in East Cleveland. That's exciting. Okay. So, is there a point in these quarterbacks' careers where they no longer fit this tier for you? Yeah, age can knock you out of this tier. Age can knock you out. What about, what about, can you be in a previous tier and then ascend to this tier? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, this is based on where they are now. This is not a final... Well, I think because Patrick Mahomes is there so quickly, people are maybe going to be curious about, so what, they're either there right away or not? Like, what about Drew Brees when he was with San Diego? Yeah, Drew Brees when he was with San Diego wasn't this. But he got better over time, and he happened to match up with an offensive mastermind in Sean Payton. Okay, okay. Let's move on to need notable help to make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, but can take you to the playoffs year over year. How many guys? Eight. Okay. So this will put us at 12. Okay, go ahead. Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton. It's interesting. So we've got two young guys that have that have shown up. All so well, three young guys. Carson Wentz, even I would say, is a young guy. So, mm-hmm. okay, tell us a little bit about why Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, and Baker Mayfield are in the categories that they're in. So Deshaun Watson is a very similar case to Patrick Mahomes, except Deshaun Watson's Achilles' heel was his offensive line, not his defense. Deshaun Watson has already carried his team to the playoffs but couldn't quite make it to the Super Bowl because his offensive line was garbage. So he's already done the thing that I put him in the tier for. Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. An MVP candidate. And Carson Wentz, quite frankly, might be penalized because the team around him is so good, it's hard to tell whether or not if they win the Super Bowl, they win it primarily due to him. They won it with Nick Foles. The team and coaching staff around him is so good that it, you might not get the answer on Carson Wentz. Right now, I have him in this tier based on projections and based on what I think. But Carson Wentz has already proven to be an elite-level quarterback. Baker Mayfield is an interesting example. Baker Mayfield has a good, talented team around him. I think Baker Mayfield could be in a very similar scenario to Deshaun Watson. I think his offensive line might let him down this year. And he can get you there. He can be the primary focus of an offense that is the primary reason why you go to the playoffs. So you have a Baker Mayfield-centric offense, and you have an offensive-centric team. And that gets you to the playoffs. That would put him in this tier, which is what I think he is. Why isn't Nick Foles in this tier? Because Nick Foles, outside of Doug Peterson, has not particularly been the same. Also, Nick Foles is a much more higher-variance quarterback. Well, doesn't didn't Nick Foles have some pretty exciting success when he was with Chip Kelly in the very beginning of his career? Yes, yes. You might say, well, you know, Bruce, you can't judge his Jeff Fisher years because everyone looks like crap under Jeff Fisher. And I understand that. I totally get that. And you know what? If... He comes out and really looks gangbusters in Jacksonville, then I I reserve the right to do this. But I don't think that's the case. He wasn't really a hot commodity when he went to Cleveland as a backup. He was considering giving up football. And then he reunited with a really, really, really good tree, which is Andy Reid in Kansas City, and kind of reinvigorated him a little bit. And Doug Peterson is in the Andy Reid tree. 
and it it worked out well for him. You know who else is in the Indy Retreat? Sean McDermott. Let's go, baby. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Cam is, Newton, is Cam Newton a bit of a stretch to be in this category? Cam New- did you see the offensive skill positions the year they went to the Super Bowl? Absolutely not a stretch. Now, Cam Newton could very quickly fall out of this because I'm really worried about his shoulder. Like, really worried that he might bottom out this year. I think the Panthers are worried, too. Hmm. I just don't have a high opinion of Ken Newton myself. I just think he's, um, and I think I don't have a high opinion of him because of some of the intangible stuff, personality stuff. Does personality play into this at all? I mean, I guess not because Aaron Rodgers is in the top category, right? So if there was a personality that was detrimental enough to affect the team on the field, then yes, it would, it would affect this. Okay. But clearly, it hasn't affected Aaron Rodgers on the field all that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is there anybody that is in the category of can carry you to the playoffs and can win a Super Bowl with help who is your prime candidate to jump to the next level? Yeah, Carson Wentz. Yeah, for sure. Carson Wentz is um, really good at football, and because he hasn't hasn't really shown up as often – because of the back injuries and things like that, and the knee injury, people are forgetting what he was like. And I think that might be a mistake. Now, to be fair, they're going to get a chance to see him because the Eagles just committed to him. Big way. So Carson Wentz, they're not going to go down with Carson Wentz necessarily, but they clearly put their foot in the ground, drove a stake, planted their flag, and said, we think he's fine. I don't know. Okay. Needs support to make the playoffs. How many guys? Eight. So this takes us to 20. Yes. Okay. Jared Goff. Mitch Trubisky. Derek Carr. Nick Foles. Matthew Stafford. Dak Prescott. Marcus Mariota. Kirk Cousins. Now, this is the part where everyone's going to get really mad at me. They'll be like, oh my gosh, you put Jared Goff in the same tier as Derek Carr. Very important for you to remember, there's no rankings within this tier. Do I think you need notable support to get Jared Goff to the playoffs? Yes. Do I think you need notable support to get Derek Carr to the playoffs? Yes. Did I say the same amount, the exact same amount of support? Did I say they're the same player? Did I say they're the equal talent? No. No, I didn't. But I think this statement, you need notable support to get them to the playoffs. I think that's a true statement for Jared Goff, and I think it's a true statement for Derek Carr. There's a spectrum of notable. That's Absolutely what it comes there down is. To. And so, you know, there's a spectrum for notable, and then what's what's the next one? Significant. Yes. Do you want to give us any kind of flesh on the bones for the difference between notable and significant? Sure. I would say that notable means you have to have a good team. Significant would mean you have to have a great team or elite remainder of team. Last, last uh, pod, I made a comment about elite remainder of team. Because we've established that can happen. It just is an abnormality. The 2000 Ravens and the 2002 Buccaneers made and won the Super Bowl with terrible quarterback play. And I don't mean terrible quarterback play like they had a terrible year. What I mean is they're clearly not the guy. Brad Johnson, clearly not the guy. Trent Dilfer, clearly not the guy. But they had elite remainders of team. And people pointed that out and go, you know, look at this. Yes, it can be done. But it requires significant elite remainder of team that is harder to sustain. The easiest way to sustain success in the NFL is to have a franchise quarterback. 
And as I mentioned earlier, this list is a sliding scale on how much help do you have to give them in order to be successful. It's interesting. I think that one of the things that fans were, were, were stumbling across one of the conversation topics that are a consistent thorn in the side of fans kind of turning on each other. So let's say you have a quarterback who is not the guy. He's in this category or lower. There are teams who are in that position, okay? So you have a quarterback currently who is not the guy, but is a starting quarterback, right? They're, they're, they're going to be the person you roll out there. And fans have to decide, do I want to play the lottery and try to get the franchise guy, or do I want to try to build an elite remainder of team around them and pursue winning one of these two ways? And I think fans have a pretty firm opinion about which camp they fall in. Because one is, I'm going to put myself in position to pursue the franchise guy via the draft, which means I'm probably going to tank. Or, I'm going to try to win the only way that I think I can, which is to build an elite remainder of team, because in their mind, it might be easier to do that, or you might be closer to doing that than you are to getting the franchise guy. Am I summarizing this in any way that makes sense? Yeah, I I think people think that. I mean, and a lot of people think that because they don't want to swing and miss. Swinging and misses, it takes so long. When you swing and miss, it's a a three-year process to find out that you missed. Yeah, I agree with that. And this is where people with Dak Prescott, a lot of people, Cowboys fans, are like, I don't think he's the guy. Now, some people are like, I think he's the guy. Or he's good. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> the concept of the guy is not binary. That's why you have things like tears. The guy is not a binary function, yes or no. It's how much of the guy is he, which is the better question we should be asking. Can I win a Super Bowl with this quarterback? Hey, hate to break it to you. The answer is always yes. You just blew my mind. And this is what we don't want to we don't want to tackle this concept. The answer is always yes. You can always win a Super Bowl with any quarterback. We've established Brad Johnson was not good. Trent Dilfer was really bad. Tim Tebow won a playoff game and was one of the worst quarterbacks statistically in the history of football. Don't try and tell me it can happen. The question is not can it happen. The question is what is the probability of it happening consistently? And the answer to that question is always better. If you have a guy who's higher on this list, who's in a higher tier, you can win a Super Bowl with Case Keenum. The Vikings were like one play away from being in the Super Bowl with Case Keenum. Don't tell me it can't be done. Your ball bounces a couple of different ways. It could absolutely have happened. That doesn't mean Case Keenum is a franchise quarterback. You can win the Super Bowl with every quarterback. The question is, what are the odds? Yeah. One in a million, one in a thousand, one in a hundred, one in ten. With Tom Brady, it's like one in four. <laughs> I just sometimes I listen to like WGR shows and the callers, and I just feel like you're circling the topic, but you're never actually landing on it. You know what I mean? Whenever the team is a roster that makes you feel like it's one of those eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven teams where you just don't know if you can actually do anything. Maybe it would be better to just throw it in and go after the nice shiny guy in next year's draft. So basically what Brandon Bean did. Yeah, yeah. It depends on where a team is 
holistically. Now, that whole team was in salary cap purgatory. And so Brandon Bean made a decision to take his medicine all at once, which I'm fine with. There are other fans who I think would have rather had the Bills go out and get some veteran players, spend some more money, elongate the position, the financial hardship position, where it wouldn't have been necessarily financial hardship. It would have been financial uncomfortableness or whatever. They would have been okay with going down that path with the intention of that's going to make us somewhat competitive this year. Bean told you what he's going to do. He kept using the phrase sustainable success. Do you know how you have sustainable success? Well, the easiest way, according to yourself, is to find the franchise quarterback. And Tyrod wasn't the guy. Yeah. He he tipped you. He told you what he was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think that I'm, I'm a person who emotionally, I hate losing. I hate watching the Bills lose. It is unpleasant, okay? And I hate it to the extent that sometimes I want us to do whatever we have to do to win some games now. We play to win. You play to win the game, right? Hello? You play to win the game. I don't follow the team to watch them suck this year so that we can maybe be better next year. I'm very emotionally available to be put in the position where we got to figure out a way to pull this together. We're going to get there this year. We all are going to get there. When the football comes around, getting to 7-9 and nine or getting to 8-8 eight and eight or getting to 9-7, and seven, the appetite to go through whatever growing pains and take whatever medicine you got to take, it runs out. The appetite to do that gets you know very low very quick. We, we, we see it happen every year. Yeah, everyone says tanking sounds like a good idea until they go 1-15. and 15. Yeah. Until, no, until you are 0 and 4. Yeah. In that process. That's a good point. That's whenever tanking, whenever you're 0 and 3 and you look like garbage. Whenever Nate Peterman goes out there and gives a historically bad NFL performance, that's whenever the appetite of, well, I'm just going to do whatever I have to do to put myself in a position to get the guy I want. Whenever it looks like that on the field, that's whenever the appetite for going through the process becomes low. Okay. Let's take a quick break. And we will come back and we will finish out the tears. And then we're going to talk a lot about how Josh Allen fits into this whole conversation. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. I'm Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. That's right. We're going to jump back in here. The juices are flowing, man. I'm feeling it now. Feeling I'm, feeling, it? I'm worked up. We're I'm jacked worked. up. You've gotten me into the emotional headspace where I just I can't even make up my own mind about what I want the Bills to do because all I want is success. All I want is success. And until very recently, the weight of the drought complicated that. It really, really complicated that. Where a certain level of success that probably was not the appropriate level to be satisfied with would have satisfied me. It would have scratched the itch to the extent that the relief was so great, that itch was so bad, the relief was so great just to do that, I would have been satisfied. And I think we kind of saw that when we when the drought ended, the entire NFL community kind of were like, yeah, good for the Bills, you know what I mean? Yeah, good for Bills Mafia, nice for them. You know, that that little bit of... 
Yeah, good for you guys. That is an acknowledgement of how much weight the drought carried. And it just makes it so that whatever we're talking about, what the quarterback provides to the team and what kind of quarterback you should be going for. Even if I will admit and acknowledge that having a franchise quarterback is the easiest way to sustain success. When you get to a certain point, you're so hungry for any glimpse of success, any blip on the radar of success that you can, as a fan, I think emotionally be really, really in the corner of, I don't care who the quarterback is, if it's Tyrod or it's Fitz or it's whatever, get me to the playoffs. Build the roster however you have to do it. You're over here pounding the table, man. Not on accident. You're jacked up. I don't like that I pound the table because it messes up the sound. (laughs) Do you have any commentary on any of that? Or is it just kind of look back and you just kind of lean back in your chair and you go, look at the emotional specimen. I'm just sitting here blinking, just watching you go at it. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm curious, though. I mean, I, we, you and I are very different fans. Yes, we, think, we are. We think about things in very different ways. Is is spinning myself in circles and tying myself in knots, going through that mental exercise, ever a place you find yourself, or is it is it always a little bit more simple than that? I have those emotions, too. I just have them very, very temporarily before the brain kicks in again. So... I can simultaneously be very angry and scream at the television and say, I just want to win a game. Just one game. Just, this is embarrassing. And then take a deep breath and go, I knew this was coming. We had to take our medicine. Like I understood that this was going to happen. And I'm fine again. It, it is. It would never spur you to, to want Contrary action to be no. taken. The yeah. plan is the plan for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And emotions are temporary. But if the plan is well thought out, if the plan is good, then temporary emotions should not have impact on it because otherwise that's just how you just end up with recklessness. Well, I mean, temporary emotions and fan, you know, fan opinion about that kind of stuff and the the experience that fans go through of, of losing and stuff, it, it, it costs people jobs in this business. Absolutely. We can make an argument of whether or not it should. Right. Yeah, we can. We can. We could have that conversation. I'm a guy who who winds up, depending on how it shakes out, I can wind up being one of the guys who are part of the problem, quote unquote, the problem, you know, and I think that at the same time, you're selling me something. Football is a football is a business. Yeah. And you're, and you're selling me product and game and merchandise and all of that NFL Sunday ticket and all of that kind of stuff. I should be able to demand to a certain extent a kind of success and when you fall drastically below that even in a single season you know i I don't know fan it's it's just complicated because fans emotions for most fans aren't going to walk away if you have a limited limited success for a limited period of time it's whenever it goes too long that things get really hairy it's going to be interesting it's going to be an interesting case study for dolphins fans this year because Dolphins fans are very clearly, after years and years and years of just one more free agent signing, just one more big ticket, just one more maneuver, the Dolphins are finally taking their medicine and going, you know, we're going to stop trying to build an elite remainder of team around Ryan Tannehill. And we're going to try and get Josh Rosen, see if he's the guy. 
if he's not the guy, that means we'll be drafting high next year and we'll get the guy. I think, too, what's nice, though, about what the Dolphins are doing and what Brandon Bean did that made it more palatable and maybe make it more palatable for the Dolphins fans is we finally had a guy in Brandon Bean who was actually very articulate about what he was doing and why. Now, he also gave you some of the standard answers, but I think it was very intelligible. And maybe it's the social media age and the, 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 the glutton of information we have access to. I was able to buy in, even having the weaknesses and susceptibilities that I do. I was able to wholesale buy in and say, okay, this looks good. This makes sense. We're, we're going to do this this way. I, I'm on board with that. I think that sometimes you've had general managers and, and front offices who are trying to take you down that road. But if they can't sell it, and if they are making some, you know, talking out of both sides of their mouth sometimes and doing one thing with their right hand and another thing with their left, that's where I think sometimes it can be really, 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 really problematic for them and their job security. This is where rebuilds in large and heavy media markets become more difficult. A rebuild at the Jets is not the same as a rebuild with the Colts. It's just not because media heavily influences fan opinion. And as you mentioned before, fan opinion absolutely influenced organizational decision-making. And it is very easy for that to steamroll you and just kind of snowball and build up and then just flatten you out when the media has to constantly be engaged in a 24-7 news cycle like the New York Daily News in the back page. And so this is part of being an organization. This is part of being a GM. This is part of being a head coach. You have to understand that there is a certain amount of PR that goes with this stuff. But I, th- I agree with you. I think Bean did a good job of telling us what we were going to get. And so our expectations for 18 weren't that high. Our expectations for 19 are higher. So he did a pretty good job managing. I don't know a lot of people who were calling for McDermott's head at the end of 2018. That's because they managed expectations. Now, 19 is going to be a different story. But they've effect- effectively bought themselves some time, and p- quite frankly, part of it's probably because they ended the drought. Oh, it's absolutely. For my, if they, if you want me right now, you can sign me up in blood that unless this thing falls apart and we are embarrassed and embarrassing, okay, unless that's what happens, McDermott and Bean are untouchable this season. Untouchable. Bring them back for 2020. 2020 is when it's do or die for me. And it's because of the drought and because of I'm aware of the process that they went through to take their medicine and put the team in a position to be competitive. And now this is what really set the second year, the second year of having a roster that they designed and a makeup and a roster in the locker room that they put together and wanted Okay, I can give you two years to work on it and then then perform on three. That's me. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Is is are you a hard make the playoffs in 2020 or, or make changes or does it have to you have to wait and see what it looks like? I gotta wait and see what it looks like. Interesting. Asking me to project out how I'm going to feel is not that's that's not something I do very well. I'm not entirely sure. Interesting. Okay. All right. So let's give, give me this next category. This is your fourth category. So we had already primary, primarily are going to be able to win a Super Bowl because of this player. Notable support to win a Super Bowl, but you can make the playoffs because of this this player. They need support just to make the playoffs. And that's been 21 quarterbacks. So now there are 11 quarterbacks left. 
and we are in the fifth category of needing significant support just to make the playoffs. Is that right? Yeah. Go on, give them to me. Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Case Keenum. I fully recognize Case Keenum very well may not be the starting quarterback in Washington, but I don't know that at this point. Where would you put Colt McCoy? Would he be in the same category? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And if Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback, he'll fall in the undecided category. These are your people where it's not the guy. He's not the guy. You should probably replace them. Here's a caveat. This is an asterisk. Jameis Winston is going to be fascinating for me this year because he shares a lot of traits, in my opinion, with Carson Palmer, who had his best years under Bruce Arians. I'm really interested to see what Bruce Arians does with Jameis Winston because thus far in his career, he's been a turnover machine. But he shares some some traits with Carson Palmer, and I really feel like Arians can get the best out of him. What did you expect Jameis Winston to be like when he came out? Carson Palmer. Interesting. I expected him to be Carson Palmer. So you've been disappointed thus far? Absolutely. Was Joe Flacco ever in a different category for you? Yeah, well, I mean, Flacco, the year he got his big, fat contract. I feel like he's been in all of them. He's just his tour. He's, just, he's, he's taking the tour. Is Joe Flacco elite? This is the reason why that was such a hilarious. I, yeah, move. I mean, I I still have a soft spot for Joe Flacco. I've always kind of liked the way that he played and his style, and that he was from Delaware and all that stuff. The highest that he got for me was need notable support to make playoffs, which is one step above. Because Joe Flacco was had a great run, but Eli Manning had a great run too. You can have a great run and make the playoffs, Eli but Manning's in this category. Eli Manning is in this category. So you can have a great run and win a Super Bowl, which is what happened to Eli Manning. Twice. Twice. And what happened to Joe Flacco. But we're not talking about that one run. We're talking about the entire body of work. And at this point, moving forward, Flacco, I know John Elway has a very, very, very odd affinity for Joe Flacco, but is is not going to happen the way he thinks <laughs> it's going to happen. You're pretty confident. I'm very confident. Oh, interesting. There's okay. a. I'm a little bit of wait and see. Let's. See. I don't know. I'm. I'm willing to let's see what happens with the, with Flacco in Denver. Absolutely not, in my opinion. I. I don't. I don't see it happening. Um, I think that one of the things that's going to be interesting for me is how short the leash is for Flacco because Elway's starting to feel a little bit of heat because of how poorly he has evaluated the quarterback position. So it's like on one hand, hey, I. I want to get that rookie in, but on the other hand, if my trade target that I got in Flacco looks bad and I put the rookie in he looks bad too isn't I it, might not have a job yeah isn't it interesting how potentially and we, we it's got to play itself out but John Elway could be the guy he could be elite he could be the kind of player that wins you the Super Bowl he could not pick him when he is him you know yes. what I mean like the dude can't even find other people who looks like him this is a little bit like the this is a little bit like the just because you can doesn't mean you can teach concept. Yeah. You know, and also this is the inverse of this is true. This is where the, what do you know? You never played football in the NFL. Okay. If you're one of those people, stop doing that. Just stop. Bill Belichick never played any meaningful football. You just blew my mind. And he can not only coach, he can build rosters. He can do both. And 
he can coach offense, he can coach defense, he can coach special teams, he can coach linebackers, right? So don't, don't just stop. Eliminate that from your vocabulary. And he can hire staff. And players do that all the time. Players do that all the time. Players get on social media like, man, look at these guys. They're judging us. They never played in the NFL. Okay. um, So, I mean, do you want a book on why that's wrong? Because I've got some free time and I can, I can write you one. It, don't be like that because the inverse is also true. Just because you did it at a high level doesn't mean you know what to look for. I know that in my personal life. I've had people who I have been around who are very, very good at certain things professionally that I've tried to mimic or learn from. And you get some stuff by watching them, but they couldn't teach you how to do it for the life of them. Couldn't do it. And there's plenty of people who can't do the thing well, but they know how. A lot of backup quarterbacks, um, I don't know, maybe Doug Peterson, become great quarterback coaches. Frank Reich. Frank Reich. I mean, the, the examples are all around us of that not being true. So Gary just, Kubiak. Gary Kubiak. We need to just retire that line of thinking. The idea that just because you do it at a high level doesn't mean you can teach it at a high level. And just because you can't do it at a high level doesn't mean you can't teach it at a high level. It, it, it is absolutely, there are benefits to having a quarterback's coach who played in the league. There are. There's benefits to having a quarterback coach who played quarterback at a high level in the league. There's benefits to that. But that's not a deciding factor in how good you're going to be. And it's not the deciding factor in coaching any other position either. We just need to retire that concept from our vocabulary. Okay. And that's the last year. Until we get to the vague one. Undecided. Undecided. All right, give us those. Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen. Jimmy Garoppolo is the senior statesman. Yeah, who you would expect plus Jimmy. (laughs) Who you would expect. That's funny. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. It's all the people you would expect. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) It's Jimmy Garoppolo. We haven't seen enough from Jimmy. When Jimmy signed the contract to make him so much money, ridiculously wealthy, everyone's like, "Ooh, sheesh, ooh I don't well, know." Then he had that hell of a that hell of a stretch at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and he played great. Out, out of your mind, good. Absolutely. You imagine he did. being a Niners fan and seeing that. Oh, but sample size, man. Sample size is a real thing, and he has some things working against him. San Francisco got competent quarterback play out of some basic nobodies last year because Kyle Shanahan is a genius. So he's got that working against him a little bit. Not for overall success as a team. No. But about knowing him as a commodity. Sure. It's it's one of those situations where because Shanahan is so brilliant, like Peterson, because they're so brilliant, mm-hmm. it's hard to know how good Carson Wentz is. Right. But we're going to find out on people like Nick Foles. Right? We're going to find out. Because he's going to Jacksonville. Exactly. He's going to be the Duggernaut. The Duggernaut. (laughs) I'm the Duggernaut! I'm the Juggernaut, bitch! Anyway, so Kyler Murray, obviously, because he hasn't played a snap in the NFL. And I simply don't think the sample size is significant enough on Rosen, Jackson, Darnold, Allen. I just don't. Is there anybody that you're more optimistic about than anybody else? Darnold? Floor, maybe? Yeah, I think... Darnold and Allen both had a really, really, really good stretch after they came back from injury. Darnold's was more throwing the ball than Allen's was. 
I, this is not a, a knock against Allen by any means, but right now I'd give Darnold the edge by a little bit. And I think that that's a very reasonable take. Darnold was an extremely effective quarterback doing quarterback things, throwing the ball for a very significant stretch after his injury. Josh Allen was effective as well, but a lot of it was doing things that are unsustainable long-term, which is running the ball. So I don't think it's unfair of me to be more optimistic about Darnold based on this. Now, Darnold's getting a new system this year. Allen's not. Darnold has no offensive line. Allen finally does. I don't think it's unreasonable for Allen to jump Darnold this year at all. I don't think that's... In fact, if I was a betting man, I might almost think about it because I'm not a Gase oh. man and they have no offensive line. I'm incredibly confident. I'm I'm one of the people who just doesn't understand why some people are so high on the Jets. Their remainder of team is spotty. There, there's significant issues at significant positions. They just chose to invest, in my personal opinion, not foundational pieces this offseason. Yeah. Congratulations, you got me a really good slot receiver and a running back and an off-ball linebacker who you paid an ungodly amount of money to. But you still have no pass rush, and you still have no offensive line. But aside from that, you're fine, though. I mean, you know. Secondary's okay. Yeah, secondary's fine. But I, I, I'm i actually not a big believer in Jamal Adams. Really? I think Jamal Adams is a good player. I think he's a, I think he's a fine player. I don't think he's... I think he's got name recognition, and he's got some moxie. And, you know, just like... A lot of guys, that will take you places. That will get you notoriety. I mean, if you want to make a comparison to a different sport. I thought you were going to go Dante Whitner right there. Dante Hitner. Dante Hitner is a great example. But if you want to go to a different sport, Conor McGregor, I, I think, was not, at the time that he was rising the in the ranks, he didn't necessarily have the skill level to suggest that he was that great. And I think that his flash was part of what sold him. That's my opinion. Sure. He I was, think the straight left helped a little bit. I'm not the fact that he knocked out Josie Aldo in like 13 seconds, I think that probably helped you too. Can't, you can't be in that sport and not make a fool of yourself and not be really good. I think that his rise was... Overly meteoric because of his brashness? Trunk, yeah, it was truncated because of his brashness. Okay. And I think that that can happen in football too. You can get people who get a certain level of notoriety and attention. I want to address a point here because I want to I want to, I want to bring it up before it's brought up to me. Why is Baker Mayfield in an, a tier that's not undecided when Garoppolo, Josh Allen, Darnold, Darnold Rosen, and Jackson. Rose and Jackson are all in the undecided tier? Why is Baker Mayfield not in that tier? I want to bring that up before someone brings it up. Baker Mayfield was good for longer. Darnold was good for like a four-game stretch. Allen was good for like a four-game stretch. Rosen was okay, spotty. Lamar Jackson was spotty. I clearly put those two beneath the other ones right now. Mayfield, by the end of that year, Mayfield was the reason they were winning games. Consistently for longer. I know he didn't play all that more snaps. Anybody did. But by week, by the third starting week, he was the focal point of the offense and was winning them games. If you try and tell me that the minute Tyrod Taylor went out and Baker Mayfield came in and they came back, that Baker Mayfield was not the guy, I don't know what to tell you. He didn't have the lows that Sam Darnold did. 
He didn't have the lows that Josh Rosen did. He didn't have the lows that Lamar Jackson did. Baker Mayfield, from the from the word go, was better than average and had moments of elite. It is clear to me, based on the sample size, even though the sample size is roughly the same size as a lot of these other quarterbacks, he didn't get hurt. But roughly the same size, it was much more consistent. I feel very comfortable putting him in a tier that's not undecided. So you're talking about Allen after the injury. Came back against Jacksonville, right? Yes. Okay. So then... From then on, would you say that he was good after the bye? Like, after he came back from injury, he was a different player? No, I'd say he was fine. He was fine. Not good. Fine. Okay. He was fine. He started off terrible. When he came back, he was fine. He had moments of greatness. The Miami Dolphins game was was, was good, obviously. So, if he played... So, he played... uh, He came back against Jacksonville. So, that's one, two, three, four, five. He played six games after he came back from injury. If Allen played... 10 games at fine, would he be in any other category? Yes. I think the hope for Allen this year is for him to get to need notable support to make playoffs, tier number three, where Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, where they are. We should want him to get to that tier because if he doesn't get to that tier and he plays all 16 games, you're now starting to go, is he in the need significant support to make playoffs tier? But if you'll notice, that third tier, that's where you start to get the, maybe he's the guy, questions. And it would be great if we end the year with, maybe he's the guy. Now, if he if he jumps all the way up to need notable support to win Super Bowl but can make playoffs primarily due to, we're dancing in the streets and signing him up to an extension. And you're going to be colored, colored surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'd be covered, like, colored a little surprised. I need I mean, to see more. Y- you would be surprised for him to jump to a place where he is with Baker and a step below Mahomes. I yes, think. I would be surprised. Those guys, those guys have gotten there quickly. Yes. And he would be getting to a similar place quickly. Yeah, I would be surprised if he ended the year in the same tier as Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield. I would be surprised if he ended the year there. I'm not going to complain, but I would be surprised. I think what we should be shooting for and hoping for is that he ends the year in the tier with Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky. I know Mitch Trubisky has come up a lot because of the statistical jump from year one, year two, and this very similar models by which the Bears and the Bills went about the offseason before that year. I would be very happy if at the end of the year, we're having a, is he the guy debate on this pod next offseason. Okay. I think we've talked about the kinds of things that we want to see from Allen on previous pods. Is there anybody who is a sleeper to change on all the quarterbacks across the league? Anybody who you have in a certain category that we didn't talk about very much that you think could could move up or down significantly? I think Derek Carr could slide down. I think Jameis Winston could go up. I think Marcus Mariota could slide down. And we'll see how Matt Stafford responds. Matt Stafford broke his back last year. He was playing with a broken back. And that could explain a lot of stuff. We're also going to see if Baker Mayfield's year goes south on him when Odell Beckham starts chirping in his ear about not getting the ball and his offensive line gets beat up. And 
We're going to see whether or not Roethlisberger takes a step back without Antonio Brown. And we're going to see whether or not Cam Newton's arm really starts to affect him. Those are the people I'm keeping an eye on. I have gone on record as saying... What about Brady's age? I've gone on record as saying I think Drew Brees Mm. is going to take a step back this year. Brady very well could as well. I'm not going to... I'm not going to complain about that at all. Hmm. I would not. I would not complain. Also, Aaron Rodgers in a new system will be very interesting to watch for me. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes will take a step back, but not because he's taking a step back out of a a tier. He's just going to statistically regress toward the mean. You can't play like that all the time. That's just, he's not going to throw 50 touchdowns every single year. That's not going to happen. So he will statistically regress this year, but he's still going to be in this tier. We've spent a lot of time talking about the kinds of things that could move Allen up and the things that we want to see from him. What could he do that would make you very confident that it's not going to go well? He doesn't respond to a counter move from defenses. We kind of came out in the Jacksonville game and threw Jacksonville and the rest of the league a little bit of a curveball. So now all of a sudden... The game plan's been written. We're going to send people vertical. We're going to empty set. And Josh Allen's going to go one, two. And if I'm rushed, I'm going to run. And if I get to second, third read and it's not there, I'm going to run. And that was not what it looked like earlier in the year. And so defense has had to adjust. They will adjust this offseason to it. How does he adjust to them adjusting? If he doesn't do it, If he doesn't do it, we're going to tell fairly quickly because the tricks that worked at the end of last year are not going to work again. He's not going to find the running room that he used to find. And all of a sudden, it's just not going to happen the way it wants to happen. Now, beneficially, we loaded up on the offensive line and we got Cole Beasley so that we could counter their counter to our move. So listen, if we go empty and go four verts and you counter that, we now have a slot receiver, and the line can hold up longer so we can counter your counter to our initial move. So it sounds like they're they're prepared for this thing. But just because it worked in a five-game stretch, the same reason I got Jimmy Garoppolo in the undecided. Just because it worked for a five-game stretch doesn't mean it's going to work moving forward. Mm-hmm. What about his accuracy in the mid-game? I'm actually not all that concerned. Um, the accuracy thing is, is a thing. But I have mentioned before that yards per attempt is a much more valuable statistic to me. And if the yards per attempt is crap because his completion percentage is crap, then I'll be concerned about it. But if his yards per, per attempt is good because, yes, he only completes 55% of his balls, but his yards per completion is so high that it drags his yards per attempt all the way up. I'm fine with that. Do you have an expectation for what Josh Allen's floor is? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You've said that to me previously. You've made the comment that you thought you knew what his floor was. I think his floor is Paxton Lynch. His floor is what we saw from him the first couple of weeks of 2018. Oh, well, that's bad. That's real bad. (laughs) That's his floor. A lot of people think his floor is what we saw from him in the back half of that. But I don't think that's sustainable with the running. So if that's not sustainable, that can't be his floor. But what if you did that, but you took away the running? You took away the threat of that run. 
Then what was floor look like? Who's the quarterback you think that people don't give enough credit to? Is there anybody's whipping boy that is out there in the interwebs that you think isn't getting his due? Yeah, I do. Philip Rivers is very close to being in the top tier for me. But he just hasn't done it. He just hasn't done it. Now, everything else is there. Yeah. All the children uh, on top of everything else on the field. A million, a brood. Philip Rivers is extremely good and has shown no signs of slowing down at this point. And given the fact that he lacks any semblance of athleticism, is, I mean, Peyton Manning might be a better athlete than Philip Rivers. And Philip Rivers, I just consistently don't think gets the credit. And I think it's because West Coast, they play at four o'clock, people aren't paying attention to him that much. And I think that people assume the Chargers have a more elite remainder of team than they actually do. The Chargers have built up a really good defense with Gus Bradley there. Derwin James was an absolute stud last year. And, and, Pairing him with Nasir Adderley is going to be absolutely monumental for that defense. But Phillip Rivers is a really good quarterback who, with a couple bounces, San Diego Chargers are famous for making having bad kicking issues happen to them. With a couple of bounces, he's been to one or two Super Bowls. And you make an argument that, much like Jordan stopped a lot of great teams in the 90s from ever sniffing the the finals and much like LeBron stopped a lot of really good teams in the East back when he was with the heat and the Cavs from reaching the finals. Tom Brady may have stopped Phillip rivers from getting there. I think he's a really good quarterback. Let's take a really quick break and then come back and I'm going to hit you with quarterbacks of the past. I'm ready. Buffalo quarterbacks of the past. And I want to see how you grade some of our, our previous gunslingers. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Nick and Nolan Show with Nick Bat and Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Bat. Find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. Let's jump right in. I'm ready. Bring it. Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. Good. 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 Yes, that pleases me. <laughs> that pleases me. Doug Flutie played really well for us. Yeah, he was. Oh man, yeah, soft spot for Doug Flutie, my my guy. The first the first player that I really really loved. I cried, I cried when I came home from school one day and got on the computer and saw that we had cut Doug Flutie in lieu of keeping Rob, jo- Rob Johnson. I I shed literal tears, literal tears. Rob Johnson need notable support to make playoffs. Drew Bledsoe. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. I wish he had. <laughs> I wish he had. If he would have had some semblance of a defense in oh. 2002, he might have gotten there. Yeah, well, we were very close. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Need notable support to make playoffs. Mm. Trent Edwards. Need significant support to make playoffs. J.P. Lossman. Need significant support to make playoffs. <laughs> I could just run through all the bad ones now. <laughs> Kelly Holcomb. Need notable support to make playoffs. Kelly Holcomb was better than Trent Edwards. Kelly Holcomb was better than J.P. Lossman. Kelly Holcomb threw for 400 yards in a playoff game for the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Orton. 
need notable support to make playoffs. He almost did with the Bills, anyway. He did with other teams. Thad Lewis. Need significant support to make playoffs. Teddy Lou. Tyrod Taylor. Need notable support to make playoffs. And he got notable support yeah. to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. All right. Let me pick up some other quarterbacks uh, from the past that aren't maybe Bills related. Chad Pennington. Need notable support to make playoffs. Ryan Tannehill. Need significant support to make playoffs. Bottom of the barrel. Okay. Ryan Tannehill, I was never a believer. He just simply never got past me. He had moments that were past me, but he never graduated in full past that status. Blake Bortles. Need significant support to make playoffs. And he got it. Significant, not notable. No, significant. Hmm. He got it. He had an elite running game and an elite defense, and he got it. Jeff Blake. Needs significant support to make playoffs. Significant? Yeah. Blake had a hell of a deep ball. He had a hell of a deep ball. Too bad that was it. (laughs) Yeah. So did J.P. Lossman. That's true. That's true. I don't know if you ever watched this guy. He was, he was, we were just kids. Really, really young. Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien wasn't really a bad quarterback. Ken O'Brien led the league in passing at mm-hmm. one year. Need notable support to make playoffs. Really? I would have said that Ken O'Brien was need notable support to make Super Bowl. Take you to playoffs on his own. He reminds me of Matt Ryan. Ken O'Brien really? and Matt Ryan. Yeah. Oh, my. See, I had Jim Kelly in need notable support to win Super Bowl but can make playoffs primarily. What did you say? Ooh, Jim Kelly was not the top. Am I going to get like... <laughs> I'm just clarifying. I think I'm going to get murdered. If we go to Buffalo, <laughs> I might get killed. Jim Kelly was a great quarterback. A great quarterback. But you can be a great quarterback and still need notable support to win a Super Bowl. Offense taken! John Elway. John Elway was top. Warren Moon. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily too. Same as Jim. Okay. Warren Moon was awesome. I love Warren Moon. Warren Moon is great. Don't misunderstand the need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due tier as not being an awesome tier, because it is. It's awesome. Brett Favre at the end. Need, oh, to find the end. (laughs) I mean, the end of the Packers, his one year of brilliance in Minnesota. What? I mean, give me, give me the end. There's such a longevity there. It's hard to. He's like Joe Flacco. He's been in them all. Joe Fl- he hasn't been in them all. He's, Brett Favre's lows were still not as bad as Joe Flacco's lows. Brett Favre at his low would just make ridiculously dumb decisions. And you'd be like, well, what was that, Brett? Like, what was that? With Joe Flacco, you're like, just do something intelligent, <laughs> please. Yeah. Okay. Tommy Maddox. Oh, wow. Need notable support to make playoffs. Jay Cutler. Need notable support to make playoffs. Donovan McNabb. Oh, Donovan McNabb need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. And he's my comparison for a potential career trajectory of Josh. Allen. If you get Josh Allen in the top tier or the second tier, he's your guy. You sign him to a long term extension. No, no questions asked. If you get him in the third tier, then it's is he at the high end of the third tier or is it the low end of the third tier? And then that's where the questions of. Is he the guy? Start asking. I mean, think about it. Look at these people. Kirk Cousins. 
There are lots of people who question whether he's the guy. Marcus Mariota. Mm. Dak Prescott. Lots of people are questioning if he's the guy. Matt Stafford. Lots of Lions fans are wondering if he's the guy. Derek Carr. Some people still think he's the guy. Some people don't think he's the guy. Mitch Trubisky. He's got his, got his people, and he's got his detractors as well. Jared Goff. Is he the guy, or is he just a function of Sean McVay's really good offense? This is where you start to get the is he the guy questions. Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. Need notable support to make playoffs. Oh, wow. Okay. That's uh, maybe a bit lower than I thought he might be. He had notable support. Jake DeLome had great support. Chris Chandler from the Houston Oilers and... Atlanta Falcons. Need notable support to make playoffs, including the year they went to the Super Bowl because they had Jamal Anderson doing the Dirty Bird. Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. He was fun to watch. Mike Vick. Mike Vick. Need notable support to make playoffs. Dan Marino. Can (laughs) win Super Bowl primarily due to. So he is a step above Jim Kelly. How dare you? How dare you? Dan Marino will, in my opinion, very likely always be the greatest quarterback to not win a Super Bowl. They didn't help him much, and they they should have. But Dan Marino was not supported the way that Bill Polian supported Jim Kelly. Troy Aikman. Need notable support to make playoffs. Tier three. Tier three? Tier three. I am not an Aikman man. Aikman had one of the greatest teams of all time consistently behind him. Steve Young. Can win Super Bowl primarily due to. Joe Montana can win Super Bowl primarily due to. Let's just take a second to realize how spoiled Packers and 49ers fans have been. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. Vinny Testaverde. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Need notable support to make playoffs. Mark Brunel. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. Mark Brunel was a good quarterback. He was a great quarterback, yeah. They got him from the expansion draft, right? Yeah, they got him from the Packers. Oh, the other guy, Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins. Ah, oh, see, which which version of Kerry Collins? You want Titans Kerry Collins? You want New York Jets Kerry Collins? You want Carolina Panthers Kerry Collins? That's one where it's just, I got so many versions of Kerry Collins. New York Giants Kerry Collins. Yeah, I... Need notable support to make playoffs. Final answer. Is this your final answer? Matt Hasselbeck. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. Interesting. Boomer Esiason. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. Why did he bounce around to so many teams? I don't think Boomer ever really had... I mean. He had support in Cincinnati for a brief moment, and they were a playoff team. They were a good team. But I think they really thought they could do better. You know, they were stuck in that weird purgatory that you have been talking about for a while, where it's like, eh, do we do we try and create an elite remainder of team? I don't think you needed an elite remainder of team. Boomer Sison was a couple strokes away from a Super Bowl a couple times. And I think he could have done it. Kurt Warner. Can win Super Bowl primarily due to. Agreed. Kurt Warner was elite. 
He was awesome. He had elite ball placement. Did not good throw time. a spiral. Don't know how he did it. Nope. The couldn't wobbliest <laughs> ducks you've ever seen, but they always got there. Yeah, couldn't couldn't have, couldn't imagine it, but yeah. Imagine that they passed up in New York. They moved on from Warner for Eli. Worked out for them. They won two Super they Bowls. They won two Super Bowls. And Warner was starting to show weird signs. And then he hooked up with Carol with Arizona and Bruce Arians did a did a magic number on him. Okay, here's the last one. Steve McNair. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs primarily due to. You see how the methodology works. These tiers are broad. There's lots of room for room within need notable support to make playoffs. But if you established what the role of the quarterback is in an organization, then your tiering becomes a lot easier to define because you're defining it based on how well the quarterback fulfills the role within the organization, which is to play a significant part of win-loss ratio. And I, I think it's a good way to... I really feel like it's a strong way to measure quarterbacks. I hope it takes off because of our Buffalo Rumblings pod. All right. Very good. Well, we weren't expecting a whole lot on the fourth date. We said early on, we didn't think that we were going to... You know, we were going to woo anybody. We were going to turn the corner on anything. So we took you around. We took you outside of the Bills Clubhouse. You we know, showed you some stuff. We showed you some stuff. You know, we we showed you some of our other unusual quirky interests, which included other teams and other players for other teams and things like that. So, you know, we just want you to know that we aren't a one-trick pony. You know, we, we you're little, not a one-trick pony. A little bit of a renaissance man we got going on here with the Nick and Nolan show. And if you like that about us, if that was what you were looking for, if that was really what you needed in order to give up that coveted five-star review with a couple sentences, this was for you. Make sure you're keeping up with us on social media. Let us know what you think of the pod. Tell us what you think about Bruce having Dan Marino above Jim Kelly. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> really? And let You're going to get me murdered. And let us know... If you have any other random quarterbacks from history that you want Bruce to categorize, please hit us up on Twitter at Nick Bat, at Bruce Exclusive, and we will retweet the great asks that people give to us. We will be back next Wednesday, and we will talk more about the upcoming road trip pod that we have coming up where we're going back to the motherland to experience some of the wonderful Buffalo cuisine. And as always... Until next time. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.